Welcome to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com, the show that's here to make the topic of taxes fun and interesting while providing great advice for individuals and small business owners on how to mitigate their tax liabilities. Now, here are your hosts, Craig and Belsis Smalley. Good afternoon, listeners, and thank you so much for joining us on uh, Tax Avoidance is Legal. I am your host, Belsa Smalley. And I am your host, Craig Smalley. And this is week eight of our show, and as usual, we're very excited to be live on the air with you. Uh, when we took this uh, challenge on, we decided we were going to make the topic of taxes fun and interesting, and it's been um, quite an interesting adventure so far, wouldn't you say, Craig? Yeah, it, it's been an adventure, and I want to let you know this week we're going to be discussing how tax returns are audited. So just so everybody knows, and I want to put everything into context, Belsus and I are just getting back. Um, we were out of town, and we were representing a client um, you know, before the IRS and uh, the tax court. So we're um, I have a lot of experience to share with you today because – um, there were a lot of things, and I'm really glad I took this case because it was really a lot of fun. And so anyway, but the call-in number is one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Or you know, we we know that you're at work. We know that you don't want people to hear you know your what you know what you're going through, and we understand that. So in the beginning of this show, and we deal with people that that have confidential information all the time. So we have an email as well where you can email us your questions. It's info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. Absolutely. It's always, uh, I always check that inbox every, uh, every day and right before the show and throughout the show as well. So if you didn't get a chance yes. to email us, uh, throughout the week, feel free to, um, you know, there's still time. Go ahead and send in your questions and we'll do our very best to answer those throughout the show today. And if we don't get to your question, we will still be sure to follow up with you and, uh, Take that on um, off off the air and make sure that your questions are answered. Um, Absolutely. But before, before we move forward, I just uh, have to say a little bit. I wanted to stress that the advice that we give on tax avoidance is legal is general in nature. Craig W. Smalley, EA, and CWSCAPA, LLP, and their associated entities cannot be held responsible for the advice given on this show, and we always recommend that you please consult with your tax and or legal advisor. Um, yes. We can be... Yeah, it's very important that you're aware of that. And um, like Craig mentioned, uh, you can email us your questions to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. We do have a website. You can find us on the web at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And we also have a little form on there. Um, if you don't have time to pull up your Outlook, if you're on the just browsing the Internet, you can fill out our little form to submit your questions. You can uh, submit your questions anonymously if you'd like. Uh, we don't have to give out your name. We just want to be there for you to answer but your I questions. Kind of, but I kind of like to know maybe a first first name and where somebody's from and people have been amazing doing that because I'm yeah. just interested to know where somebody's from that's that's interesting to me yeah. anyway Absolutely, we've had a we've had a lot of uh, interesting questions uh, in the eight week, well, seven yeah. weeks now that we've been yeah. doing this, and they seem to come from all over. So that's always pretty cool. So Absolutely. if you at least let us know where you're you're uh, you know sending your question in from, and that lets us know who's tuning into our show too. Which is absolutely, always- absolutely, and I want to point out something that I have a federal license, so I can uh, I can work with anybody in in all fifty states. So I'm not um, you know a CPA is confined to the state that they are um, that they are licensed to practice in but 
Um, I'm licensed by the Internal Revenue Service and the United States Treasury Department, so I can represent anybody in all 50 states and U.S. territories. So um, keep those questions coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and some folks may not realize that, you know, the difference. That's why I, I love it when you explain the difference between the, you know, enrolled agent versus a CPA. And we also have, um, offices in other states and we have uh, clients all over the world, actually, which is the, the cool thing about the fact that you're an enrolled agent is that we can, um, have, uh, clients everywhere and you can represent absolutely. them. Absolutely. Um, and, for those who don't know, we do, um, the show is sponsored by CWSEAPA LLP and we are a nationally recognized brand of accounting, tax and financial services. Um, we can be reached at 844-CWSEAPA or 844-297-3272 and, uh, Tax Crisis Center LLC, which is the nation's uh, premier tax resolution firm. And, uh, Tax Crisis Center can be reached at 1-855-IRS-2911. And, um, as you mentioned, your your license lets you practice in all 50 states, and our we actually have offices in Nevada and in uh, Delaware, which is pretty cool, and um, that's why we also love to hear um, where our, our you know our listeners are. are oh know, yeah, absolutely. Tuning in from. Absolutely. And, and that, and I just want to let you know that federal license has opened up so much to us. I mean, we have clients all over the country and even around the world. It, it's kind of amazing. But, you know, before we get started today, Belsis, I just want to let you know, I take you, as you know, I take great pleasure following teams that are bad. And, you know, the reason why I do that is, and poor, poor Belsis, we've been together for over 20 years now. She, uh, she, oh, yeah. uh, she is, become part of my Rocky Marathon. So every <laughs> once in a while, there's a Rocky Marathon on that we watch from beginning to end. And, oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, the reason is, you know, I like the underdog. So, yeah, so I take great pleasure in following bad teams. You sure do. And for those who might not know, you are a long-suffering Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. <laughs> Absolutely. But I do like to point out we had one year where we won the Super Bowl. But, yeah, I am a season ticket holder to the Yucks, which I <laughs> affectionately call them. I always refer to them as the Yucks. And I'm also a lifelong Orlando Magic fan or – if you're in Orlando, you know we call them the tragic. So, and then we have the Cubs. I'm a big Cubbies fan. Well, that one's working out for you at least lately, right? Well, I, I will let you know this year it's working out for me. But normally, as we both know, the Cubs are the yucks of the Major League Baseball. We both know that. Yeah, I don't, I don't like the fact that you're comparing them to the yucks, but yeah, but it's true. It's true. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I am, uh, I, I live, you know, in Chicago. I'm on, I'm definitely in North Side Chicago. So I'm, oh, uh, I, great. No, 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 no. Great, Belsis. You said that you were from the North Side of Chicago. South Side, yeah. we still love you. We still love you on the South Side unless we're playing the Sox. So don't yeah. think if you're from the South Side, you can't call us because we're, we're all right. Well, speak for yourself. Uh, I, well, I can't get in yeah. on the South Side thing. Here's a disclaimer. My wife grew up in Chicago, and I guess we get up there, what, once a year or so? And, and she's a Northsider, and she's the reason I follow the Cubs. So um, I'm not from Chicago, but I know the looks I get when I wear my Cubs jersey on the south side of town, and yeah. they are not good looks at all. They're not. I've tried to warn you. Yeah, she 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 really has. So I, I have a funny story about that, actually. When, when we were um – one time I, I got on the bus at um uh at 
uh, I, I want to say we were somewhere near Wrigley, uh, not not exactly at Wrigley, but nearby. And someone wearing a Sox uh, jersey tried to board the bus. And um, poor guy, I I I, I got to say, poor guy. I, I really felt for him because he literally almost got pushed off the bus by uh, by Cubbies fans. Uh, I guess he didn't realize it was a game day, and a lot of folks were traveling to Wrigley Field in their Full Cubs get up. So, well, uh, I will it literally I will, almost pushed him off the bus. I kid you not. It almost I, started a, a a big fight on the bus. <laughs> That's how I seriously will, they take it there. I will let you know that I grew up in Florida, so I was born in Indianapolis, but I've lived in Florida since I was two years old. So football is king here in Florida. So football is is it, it, we're the football capital of the world. So I understand that completely when we're dealing with rivalries in football, especially college football with Florida, Florida State, Florida State, Miami. I mean, I understand that completely. So um, it's kind of funny. It's just, you know, I love, I just love the Cubs and, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing and, and I'm, and I'm very happy they're doing well this year. Me too. Well, let's get back to topic because I know. Yeah, this of is, course. Of course. I'm a, sorry. This is actually, uh, you know, I gotta say, Craig, when I started working with you several years ago, um, which by the way, never in my life did I ever, ever think I would marry or work with an accountant. It just sounded like the most boring, um, you know, industry in the world, to be honest with you, until I met you. And, and I know we get this a lot. We got it even this weekend when people see us. Uh, we are not the typical uh, accountants. They're, that's not no. what they Yeah, as a matter of fact, it was funny because, you know, these people were out of town and the only interaction I'd had with them is over the telephone and, you know, all of that. And they saw us in person and they said that they thought I would look like Bernie Sanders with a pocket protector. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's completely <laughs> funny. I do. So if you guys ever get bored and you want to Google what we look like, there's <laughs> pictures of us out there. But we're not your typical accounting firm we're not that's just not how we are so we tend to be the younger ones anytime we go to any kind of a accounting convention or irs convention those yeah are my, those are my favorite to attend um and yeah and it's funny because i always tell people i've been in practice for 22 years well you know i got out of school early and i went directly into practice and you know i started practicing when i was 22 years old and that's you know a lot of people don't realize that you know it's like you know i'll be 44 at the at the at um, the end of this year, but it was something that I knew I wanted to do in the beginning. So I never switched careers or anything. So I guess people, because I tell them that, they think that I'm older or something, or I don't know what they expect. But yeah, anyway, either, either that or you must sound like an old man over the radio. So I don't know. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. I don't. I don't like Bernie uh, Sanders politics because I'm not a registered Democrat. But um, I will let you know if I'm coming up. Bernie Sanders comes off as very knowledgeable, very – if I'm coming off that way to somebody, hey, great. I'll take that any day of the week because he's a very knowledgeable person. That's that's my impression of him. Well, no offense to Bernie, but I, for one, am glad you don't look like Bernie Sanders. So you and uh, that, being, that being I mean, said – uh, that being said, it kind of made me laugh when when they mentioned that and they said that they were expecting a little, someone looking more like a Bernie Sanders with a pocket protector, because I honestly I thought that accounting was boring. I thought I, I just didn't think it was exciting. And then um, 
you know, now we're talking about audits and honestly, representation work is actually quite exciting and in my opinion, very interesting topic. And I know that, um, you get asked a lot of questions about this all the time, but, um, so I definitely don't want to hold, hold it up any further, but let me start with something basic. I know that you get asked this a lot, but why do tax returns get audited, Craig? Yeah, this is a, this is a very, very, very interesting question. So I'm going to give you the textbook reason, um, why they're audited. So this is kind of like, yeah, exactly. So, but you know, I'm not a textbook person. So basically, and then, and then I'll tell you my experience. So basically there's something called a diff score, D-I-F, right? It stands for differential information something or other. Um, but yeah, I, you know, they, there's so many acronyms with the IRS, really but yeah. So a diff score is basically, um, the higher the diff score, the, the odds of you being examined are, you know, they, they go up versus people that have a low diff score. Now I do want everybody to know, um, in that, that is listening that less than 1% of every tax return that is filed is audited and then sometimes they have to update those diff scores because things change so what they'll do is they'll just randomly select a, a number of tax returns and then another reason a big reason which would go sort of into diff scores is a large shift between income and expenses now i'll let you know something is Anytime I represent a client before the IRS, and I do this a lot, I represent a lot of clients, is when we're in the representation, I always ask the IRS, why is this return being audited? Now, Mm -hmm. I'll let you know, they don't have to tell you that. But nine times out of ten, they'll tell you why it's being audited. And, you know, sometimes it's because of this or sometimes it's because of that. But, um, you know, that's basically it. It sounds basically like what the IRS is looking for. And, and I know this seems to be the case in some of the audits that you participated in. But it looks like they're usually looking for some type of a pattern. Is that right? Abs- yeah, absolutely. So, for instance, I'm just going to give you I'm just going to throw something out there and I'm not going to tell you that I've ever experienced this because, um, I, you know, we do prepare tax returns as well as represent people. And I know that. I spend a lot of money on tax software, and the reason I do that is, you know, at the end of the year, I uh, my tax software prints a difference between one year and the next year. So if there's a large shift in something for no particular reason, or if there is no reason for it, you know, that return is now probably going to be audited. So perfect example is... Um, in one year, if you're showing that you made $100,000 in income and then all of a sudden, uh, the, the year, the year after that, you're showing that you made a million dollars in income. Well, why? What's the reason for that? Now, there could be a very simple reason for that. And, you know, I know that when I'm reviewing returns, you know, when we do tax returns, it's checked by three different people and then, it comes back to me and then I, when I do my final check, that's what I'm looking for. And if I see a shift like that, Belsus will tell you, I'll call the client and ask them, why is it like this? And I always make a notation in my notes in case it's ever questioned, well, this is what happened. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely are. I wish more more folks did that. But um, what would you say uh, to a client that asks you, 
um, what would be a red flag or if something is a red flag? Yeah, I got to tell you, that's a pet peeve of mine. I mean, it really is. There's, you know, there's really no such thing as a red flag, right? There's no, you know, there's no, no like, if I, yeah, exactly. Like if you do this, it's going to cause your return to be audited. It's, it's going to, um, you know, so there's nothing, nothing like that really ever really happens. I mean, you know, there's, there's reasons for it, but you know, I, I was listening to a show one day and I was listening to an accountant talk and, um, he was talking about all the different red flags on your tax return, but it's something that I know if I see it, I know to question it. So yeah, that's, yeah, I, I know you do get that question a lot. So I just wanted to absolutely bring that up because there there doesn't seem to be just one specific thing. Every every situation, no, is different. yeah, every situation is different. And don't ever listen to somebody that gives you a blanket answer because there's never a blanket answer. Absolutely. Well, I know we have a lot more to discuss, stuff, but it's about time for us to take a little break. I want to remind everybody that you can call us uh, live on the air, one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight with your questions or email them to info at taxavoidanceslegal.com. And we'll be back after the break. At Tax Crisis Center, LLC, we solve tax problems for a living. If you have a tax problem with the IRS, you've probably been inundated with postcards and letters from different tax resolution companies all over the country. Tax Crisis Center, LLC, is the country's premier tax resolution company. Unlike other tax resolution companies that will take your money and do nothing for you, once we are retained, we go to work. We get results for our clients and will handle your IRS problem professionally and expeditiously. Don't let the IRS push you around anymore. Give us a call at 1-855-IRS-2911. Email us at help at taxcrisiscenter.com or visit us on the web at www.taxcrisiscenter.com and let your voice be heard. CWS EAPA is a financial services company specializing in taxation and tax-related issues. Tax planning is a year-round activity. The biggest mistake that people make is thinking about taxes during tax time. When you have a complex tax situation, you need to plan for taxes on a year-round basis. Our specialty is mitigating our clients' tax obligations through careful tax planning. Tax avoidance is legal. Call us today at one 1- 844-CWS-EAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can visit us on the web at cwseapa.com or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Put us to work for you today. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsis Smalley. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Today we've been talking about how tax returns are audited. And I wanted to, again, give everybody the call-in number in case you want to call us live on the air. It's one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. You can also visit us on the web at taxavoidanceislegal.com uh, or you can send us your email your questions via email at info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And uh, as Craig mentioned at the beginning of the show, we know a lot of you are at work right now. It might be your lunch break or you might be tuned 
tuning in as you're working and you may not want everyone around you to hear your questions. So email is a perfect way to just send in your questions and uh, we will be happy to answer those live on the air. And in fact, Craig, we do have our first question for today. Uh, this, okay. one's, this one's coming from uh, Marty and Alexandra. Uh, Mar- Marty it's in says, Virginia, Alexandra, Virginia, yeah, I believe. I believe. I think so. I think so, too. That's all they put is Alexandra. So Marty says that he has received a notice that um, oh, she is being audited. What are the next steps? Well, I'm, 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 look, I'm going to let you know something that um, if you're being audited by the IRS, this is kind of a place where you – so, for instance, you wouldn't, you know, everybody will tell you if you get arrested, don't talk to the police. Make sure that you, uh, you know, observe your right to remain silent and, you know, hire representation. Rule number one, before you talk to the IRS, hire somebody for you because you're going to say stuff because, number one, you're personally involved in something. Number two, you're very scared um, and the IRS are trained to intimidate you. So um, a professional like myself knows what they can do and what they can't do. But to answer your question, I would hire a professional and just because somebody is an EA or somebody is a CPA or an attorney doesn't necessarily mean that they handle representation. So you want to make sure that that's what they do. But, you know, to answer your question, typically what they'll do, and I'm going to throw some acronyms at you. And um, first of all, there's something called a revenue agent or I call an RA. And then there's something called a revenue officer um, that is referred to as an RO. So the RAs are basically the ones that are conducting the audit. So Belsis, they have about a hundred cases are trying to move off their desk, right? So um, when you get um, an audit notice, it comes with something called an information document request or an IDR. And when you get that IDR, um, they usually give you 10 days to contact them and set up, set up an audit. But um, now that those can get um, pushed, those days can get pushed, but you've got to be very careful about it. It's not something that you want to um, answer yourself, but you want to find somebody to, to do this for you. Because I'm telling you, the case that I was just on, I came back, they did the initial interview by themselves and you yeah. can always you can always be your worst enemy. And Absolutely. I had to spend yeah I, I just spent a lot of time undoing what they said at that initial appearance. So absolutely, I've seen that time and time again, and and it's a great point to make because people don't realize. Just like we wouldn't know, uh, we're not uh, lawyers. Uh, so when we get in trouble with uh, you know with the police, you if you get arrested, you they always recommend you know get a lawyer if you're if you're facing some kind of charge, you want to get a lawyer. Uh, you don't want to make matters worse for you, and it's the same exactly. same situation with the uh, IRS exactly. and audits. Because uh, as you mentioned, there are things you could say that may even sound innocent to you coming out of your mouth at that moment, and it may alert the IRS to something uh, that exactly. maybe they didn't, didn't need to know. <laughs> and they have they have the training for that. They're trained for that, so um, they're trained to ask you specific questions, and um, you know they go through a, a, a long training process so you've got to be very careful and somebody that does representation a lot like I do knows better than to answer a question or we know the questions that they can ask and then we also know that 
Um, you know, the RA just wants the case to move. And whereas an RO, things would be more serious because ROs have a lot of power that RAs just don't. So anyway, that was a long way to answer your question. But um, basically, it boils down to hire somebody immediately. Yeah, I, I, I completely I'm right there with you. I've seen it, seen the, seen it from the other end, just observing things, and I, I would agree with you. Now, um, I know for a fact that there are, uh, there's different types of audits, aren't there, Craig? Can you go into maybe a little bit, uh, explaining to folks who maybe are not aware the, the different types of audits that they might face? Yeah, so there's, there's sort of some confusion about this. So, I'm going to tell you the different types of audits, and basically there's office audits, right? And these are, it's becoming more and more common not to do these, but um, there's an office audit, so they'll want you to appear in their office with books and records, um, you know, things like that. Now, if you do handle this on your own, you never, ever, 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 unless they have to, um, in some cases they may have to, but um, you never, ever want an agent to come to you. You never want them to come to your office. You never want them to come to your home. So, um, and then there's the things that are becoming more popular now, Bells, is that we both have seen are correspondence audits. Mm-hmm. So you have an RA that will um, send you a request for documentation through the mail that you should send it back to them. So they'll say, we're questioning this on your return. Can you send this back? And then um, now there are some audits that are field audits, which is um, we just came back from a field audit. And what they did is they actually, they go to your place of business. Now, um, in this particular case, I couldn't do it because of the logistics of the case. And I can't really go into what they were, obviously, because of confidential and privileged information. But typically, when I'm representing somebody and an agent wants to do a field audit, I usually have it in my office. So, um, you know, that's, that's one of those, one of those things. So, um, on a field audit, if you can get out of it, you don't want it, um, in your place of business or, um, you know, at your, and if it has to be at your place of business, you want a skeleton crew there. You want to close, um, you know, you want to close the, the office for the day or, you know, something similar to that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what, which one would you say is the worst kind of an audit for a client to face or for a person out there to experience? Well, yeah, I mean, as you know, Bells, I mean, we've been out of town um, all week, you know, um, handling a uh, what was a field audit. And in this particular case, the person had to go to um, the the person's office. So those would have to be the worst audits. Okay, well, thanks for that. I mean, I, I kind of, I, I understand how it works, but just for, for those out there who are not as familiar, um, now, why, you know, why would you say that those that are, that are done in their, uh, place of business tend to be the worst? Is it because it's, uh, yeah, know, so, yeah, having so access to more, more data or more, more stuff? No, it's not necessarily that. Um, IRS agents and revenue officers, RAs and ROs, they're trained to look for things. So if you have this in your office and there's a, um, there's a normal course of, you know, people doing business and, um, you know, they'll see the customers coming in, they'll see them going out, they'll see how your office works, they'll have, 
you know, some sort of um, working knowledge of all of that. You've got to be very careful of that. So I know um, the the audit that I just went through, I had them close the office and just have an assistant there um, to be able to pull the information they want because you don't want to give the IRS any more information than you have to. So um, that's basically why they're the worst kind of audits. And usually they're they're usually fishing expeditions. And what I mean by that is they're fishing for information. They don't have the information. They're usually fishing for it. So um Yeah, you know. I've heard, I have noticed that I've I've seen the whole fishing expedition. Can you explain a little bit more about what exactly you mean when you say fishing expedition and how um one of the things I know that I found uh, I've learned a lot more about uh this past year is um, how an audit is conducted. Can you explain a little bit to the audience um, what exactly you mean by fishing expedition and how an audit is actually conducted so that they have a better understanding of that? Perfect. Yes, I will. I will. And this is this is why, and I want to let you know that um, Belsis and I are, um, you know, we run all of our businesses together. We're in uh, the reason Belsa sits in on every meeting, I mean, obviously she can't sit in on an audit because Belsa isn't licensed, but the reason why she sits in on every meeting and everything is she always brings me back to reality. So I'm talking about things that you guys have no idea about, and I eat, live, and breathe this. So basically a fishing expedition would be where the IRS doesn't have any um, information, right? So they don't have a lot of information, and they're sort of fishing to see what they'll find. They'll, um, you know, ask for things that aren't on the information document request on the IDR. They're asking for, you know, different things to open up different years and things like that. But basically how an IRS um, audit is conducted is if you're looking at an office audit, uh, what you're doing is, um, like I said, with the audit notice will come something called an information document request or an IDR. And on that IDR, it's going to tell you what they want to see. So um, some auditors will hit on this uh, portion of what's on your tax return or they'll hit on um, something else. And um, so you've got to be, uh, you know, that's how an office audit is done. And then a correspondence audit is just basically, like I said, it's the same thing as an office audit. They just want you to send it to them in the mail. Now, I don't like correspondence audits, Belsus. And you want to know why? Well, I would imagine because you can't interact maybe with the IRS. Yeah, that's sort of. Yeah, that's that's one thing. So we don't become human. So, um, but another reason why I don't like correspondence audits is, you know, you're dealing with one RA that has, like I said, a hundred cases, right. and what you're mailing to them, they may not take the time necessary to, you know, go through the return and and you know things like that. So, I know the correspondence audit or have become more and more popular, but um, I don't like them. And I like to, when I'm representing a client um, in a correspondence audit, I like to get them changed to um, an office audit. And they, they hate doing that, by the way. But, oh, I'm sure. uh, you, but you do. You absolutely have a right to, to a, a, a face-to-face audit. 
Well, it's good to know. I, I'm with you. I, I personally, I like the interaction. Uh, I've seen, I've, 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 you know, throughout the years, I've seen how you handle audits. I know um, that you, you know, it's another tool kind of in your tool bag, being able to uh, view the IRS audit, see their demeanor, see how they're handling things. Yes. Um, getting that face-to-face interaction. And like you said, letting Absolutely. them know you're you, you're human. You're trying to um, cooperate with them. You're trying to give them what they need and um, work with them. And I feel like that always uh, can play into play to your advantage. If it does, absolutely, because everything that I just and I and I'll let you know on the on the one that we just came back from. Um, I knew a lot of it, a, a lot going into it, but you know, just that experience is so much, and I can now bring that back to my clients and go, hey. You know, this is the way the IRS thinks, you know, because when you're when you're dealing with the IRS, you know, the the least common denominators, you're both human. Right. So exactly. you get that interaction and you have times where there are pauses and you can ask questions. Well, why are we doing this or why is it going about that way? And just getting that information is just valuable. It's valuable to me and it's valuable to my clients. And I can pass that information on. And I, I absolutely love representation. It's funny, you know. Nelson and I got married young. We had our kids young, but you know the the goal was for me to always go to law school. But you know I ended up you know being an accountant, and which was just great because you know ninety eight percent of this is tax law, and um, mm-hmm. you know but the representation part is something that I absolutely love. So um, anyway, I, I'll shut up because I know I'm rambling right now. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. I know you may not look like Bernie with the pop pocket protector but there is a little little nerd inside of you that just Absolutely. loves, <laughs> loves well, I like to, investigation well, yeah because loves. because when you're representing a client there's rights so my my job is to protect a client's rights so um and that's very you know to know what the irs can do and what they can't do is just amazing i i love having that knowledge so anyway i know i know we're running over a break so yeah i think we should take a little break here and um when we uh return um we can talk talk a little bit more about your rights uh you know uh, client rights during an audit so yes. uh, if you want to tune in uh, and just uh, hang in there and i'll remind uh, everybody that they can call in at one eight 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 go for it or one eight eight eight. Four six three six seven four eight with questions or email us at infotaxavoidanceislegal.com. And on the other side of the break, we will uh, discuss what your rights are during an audit. Forming a corporation or LLC can separate personal assets from your business assets. No matter what state your business operates in, forming a corporation or LLC in Nevada, Delaware, or Florida has benefits. For example, forming a corporation in Nevada offers privacy and no corporate income tax. Forming a corporation in Delaware can give you the legal protection of the state of Delaware, which is business friendly. On top of the legal reasons to form a corporation, there are tax benefits as well. Give us a call today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272 or email us at info at cwseapa.com. Come and see what you've been missing. Payroll can be a nightmare for a small business. 
When you have employees, you have to pay them periodically, pay the taxes associated with them, and file quarterly tax reports with the Internal Revenue Service and the state that your business operates in. Our payroll is seamless. It is done through a cloud-based system. All you do is put in what you are paying your employees and approve your payroll. We handle the rest. Our fees are lower than the national payroll companies, too. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272 or visit us on the web at CWSEAPAPayrollService.com. At Albernus Business Services Incorporated, we view ourselves as your internal bookkeeping department and are always improving ways to leverage proven cloud technologies to streamline and improve the efficiency of our outsourced services. With an in-house bookkeeper, you would run the cost of about 45000 a year. But with our monthly services, it would be a fraction of that cost. Let us help you with the tedious, time-consuming side of your business so you can focus on growing your business. Call us today at one 695 6658 Our website is albernusservices.com or email dalbernus at albernusservices.com. Your success is our business. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Here's Craig and Belsa Smalley. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Thank you for uh, tuning back in after our break. And we've been talking about how tax returns are audited. Um, you're free to call in and be live on the air with us if you have any questions. Uh, the number is one eight eight eight. Go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight, or you can email us your questions to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. Um, and we do have another question, Craig. Uh, this one is from Michael in Washington, D.C. Oh, Washington. I was yeah. mad at you guys last week because we couldn't end on April the 15th, but other than yes. that, I'm all right. I'm we fine not, now. Yeah, we were not happy about, with you guys. But I'm, a, but I'm all right now. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. fine now. <laughs> we're over it. All right. Michael says that uh, he keeps getting letters from the IRS and he's afraid to open them. What oh, can no. actually, yeah, we, we hear this a lot, Michael. You're not the only one. Um, what can actually happen to him if he just ignores the IRS? That's his question. Uh, well, if you just, well, they're not going away, number one. I mean, so, um, yeah, don't, don't ignore them. So, um, I want to get into this and this question came at the perfect time because we're going to go over rights here in a minute, but every letter that comes from the IRS, um, attached to that letter are rights that you have. So, for instance, um, the letters will start off, um, you know, where you get one and, uh, you know, this, that and the other, but, when you when they start coming certified and you have to sign for them, it's a big deal. That means that there's rights attached to them. So, for instance, just for just for conversation's sake, um, let's say that the IRS is sending you a letter saying that you owe them ten thousand dollars and you keep ignoring it, and then the certified letters come, and um, finally one of the certified letters will be something called an final. It is called the final intent to levy. And um, if you ignore that letter, uh, then um, you lose your right. So from the time that that comes, you have 30 days to appeal um, the amount that you owe. So, for instance, let's say you have no idea why you owe this $10,000. You have no idea. Um, you can appeal that. 
So you have appeal rights, which is amazing, which you didn't mm-hmm. used to have, but you can appeal it and find out why you owe it. And maybe you can go back to audit or go back to somewhere else and find out why, you know, you do own it. But after that 30 day period, you lose those rights. And 30 days goes by very Absolutely. quickly. So Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And another thing, another thing I, I want to point out is if you get a letter called a notice of deficiency, um, what that means is uh, the IRS is they think that you owe them money and they'll send you an official notice of deficiency. The only way to get that to stop is you have 90 days to file a tax court petition, right? And that sounds pretty scary, doesn't it, Belsis? It sounds a little scary, yep. Well, let me tell you what usually happens with those tax court petitions. They'll usually kick that down to appeals, so they'll bring it down a level to appeals. So, um, but you have 90 days to appeal that, which reminds me, I've got to do one of those here very soon because the 90 days is getting ready to run out. But anyway, yeah, it's something that they're very important. Open the letters, um, or go to a professional that knows what they're reading and let them mm-hmm. open them. Don't wait, yeah, don't wait till the end of the year to give them to your accountant like some of our clients do. Do it as it's going on because, again, attach those letters. You have rights that are attached to them. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is uh, bring in a stack of letters uh, that have been unopened for who knows how long, and then we open it and we find out that that you've missed an important deadline. And exactly. Then how many times? How many times have you seen me open a letter? And go well. Had we just replied to this, we would have had rights, and right now we yeah. don't. Yeah. Exactly. Or at the very least, you know, it, it you you could have improved your situation in some form or, or gotten it taken care of faster and not let it sit there and, and continue to stress you out. Because I know nothing will stress somebody out more than getting uh, constant love letters from the IRS. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I know, Craig, you recently wrote an article for Accounting Web. Um, and for those who don't know, Craig is uh, one of their columnists and um be sure to check out their website. They have a great website, um, and I know you write for them often. And one of the articles you wrote was called uh, Representation Before the IRS and the New Taxpayer uh, Bill of Rights. So in that article, I know that you talked about what your role is as a representative before the IRS. So for those in the audience who haven't read the article, what are uh, some of the reasons that you would recommend hiring a professional? I mean, I obviously know the answer to that, but um, if you could explain, why should someone hire a professional? Well, um, this is sort of hard because I can only talk about my experience. So um, to be honest, I mean, you know, I take a different approach to representation. So I'm being hired to to protect my clients' rights, which is kind of funny. In the article I talk about, you know, we have an intern here. And, um, you know, when this case came up, uh, you know, there was something that was going on and, and I was protecting my clients' rights. And at one point, and Belsis is, she'll attest to this, at one point I had to actually stand up to the IRS and say, I'm not doing this because we don't have to. Absolutely. So you haven't, yeah. So, um, you know, and I. In a very polite know, way, of course. Yeah, of course, but, but well within my client's rights. So I asked, uh, our intern, I said, you know, why do you think somebody is hiring me? And, and their answer was, and this is all in the article, their answer was sort of cute. It was like, so you make sure that they're not, that, um, you know, the, I, that they don't, pay a lot of taxes. And I said, no, I mean, that's not it at all. I mean, you know, the information's the information. I mean, I'm being hired to protect your rights. And, um, you know, that's basically it. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and it's very very important. What are your rights during an audit? Can you talk a little yes. bit about that? Yeah, you have so many of them. So I want to sort of uh, go back a little bit and paint a picture for you. So, and this was pre 1997. So there was a big um, thing that happened back then, you know, before then, where the IRS was basically they were ruthless and they would. Um, that's where, you know, the horror stories of the IRS come in where, you know, they'll come in and take your house, they'll take your car, they'll do all of that kind of stuff. So in 1997, it's funny, it was right around the time I was just starting out and just getting licensed. And it was, you know, it was big news at the time that, um, the IRS were changing into something called the kinder, gentler IRS. So, <laughs> with that, you know, they've gone very serious is what they called it. I and with, it. with that came something called the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. So you have these 10 rights as a taxpayer. And with that is a right to appeal. There's a right to, um, fair representation. There's right to, there's a right to all kinds of things, but, um, you know, one of the funny things is I, I do want to explain this and I, and I do want to let you know that, like I said, I go into an audit completely differently than I think maybe somebody else will in that I know that the government is spending money. And it's funny when we were driving home, uh, you know, last night I was sort of telling Belsis this a little bit, but we know the government is spending X amount of money um, to conduct this audit, right? right? So absolutely. I always go into an audit thinking, well, I'm willing to give this up and just say, I'm not going to worry about that. So, you know, agree to um, X amount of changes, but I'm really there to fight the big picture, right? So exactly. the big thing is what I'm there to fight. So I'll give you this little stuff, but I'm going to fight, you know, the big thing. And, you, and you've seen me, Bell said that it's I like have. a war. It's like a war. So, um, you well, know, that- on, uh, in, in reality, it's kind of uh, human nature. Nobody likes to lose, especially the government. So uh, if the IRS is uh, is auditing, they, you know, they don't want to come out with uh, basically I, I get your point. You, you want to give them a little a little small victory, perhaps uh, in exchange oh, yeah, for a, a greater uh, you know, greater uh, thing that you could do to protect the client in a different Absolutely. way. Absolutely, yeah. So let me explain that real quick. And I know we got to go to break. And uh, our, our, you know, there. It, it, I just want to explain this a little bit. There was one time I was representing a client, and there were uh, maybe about five thousand dollars in expenses they didn't agree with, but there was a larger issue that they were um, that they were trying to fight with me on that I fought them on. And the reason why I fought them on was it was going to save my client a hundred thousand dollars. So I, I let the $5,000 go and I was like, I'm all right with that. But on the five, on the hundred thousand dollar issue, which was the bigger issue is what I focused my time and attention on. And, and guess what? I mean, it, it worked, it worked. Mm -hmm. And so I go back to the client and, you know, very few times I've represented a lot of clients and very, very few times has there ever been a no change audit. That means everything, you know, they accepted everything. Very few times. I think I've represented about a thousand people before the IRS. That's happened once or twice. So anyway, I know that I, I get any messages. We got to go to a break. So I'm sorry. I'll let that go. And I guess. We'll go to break now, so I apologize. Oh, no, that's okay. I know how passionate you are about it. and Absolutely. 
spend hours on it, and it, and it is an important topic. So I'm glad that you pointed that out uh, because it's true. Uh, they they want to come out with, uh, you know, okay, they were willing to do this or that, and and they'll forgive this or that. So it's it's always good to know that you can compromise with them on the smaller things. So as you mentioned, we're going to take a quick break, and I want to remind everyone they can call in if they have any questions or send us an email to info at taxavoidanceslegal.com. And on the other side of the break, we'll want you to talk a little bit about what happens if you don't agree with an audit, Craig. All right? Oh, yes. Okay. Perfect. All right. So hang tight, guys. Craig Smalley is the author of 12 books regarding taxation. Two of his books have been revised this year. It starts with an idea revised edition takes you through the startup of a company. It talks about taxes, entity structuring, the IRS, and so much more. The Complete Guide to Estate, Gifts, and Trust Taxation revised edition is about how to navigate the complex estate tax. Both books have just been released by CWSEAPA Publishing, LLC, and are on sale now at Amazon.com. If you are a business that has outgrown your accountant but are not big enough for one of the big four accounting firms, CWS EAPA Consulting may be perfect for you. We specialize in tax consulting for small to medium-sized businesses. We can advise you on whether it is time to start a holding company or management company to mitigate your tax liability. We can advise you on whether it is a good time to expand your business, hire employees, buy equipment, or lease equipment. There are different tax reasons to do different things. Let our over 22 years of experience work for you. Call us today at 1-844-CWSEAPA or 1-844-297-3272. You can email us at info at cwseapa.com or visit us on the web at cwseapa.com. We're doing something amazing and we want you to be a part of it. With so many choices when looking for quality investment advice, you owe it to yourself to seek a professional who has your best interests at heart. At J.B. Meridian Advisors, we don't sell products that generate commissions or have hidden fees. Client assets are never locked up in illiquid investments that could take months or years to access, or worse, charge a penalty to sell in an emergency. Our simple structure aligns the interests of our clients with our interests by charging a flat fee based on the assets we manage. As your portfolio value increases, our firm grows. Call J.B. Meridian Advisors now at 877-398-0051 or visit us online at jbmeridian.com. Now, let's get back to Craig and Dulce Smalley for more of Tax Avoidance is Legal on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Tax Avoidance is Legal. Uh, today we've been talking about uh, how tax returns are audited. And I uh, want to remind everyone they can call in to one eight 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 go for it or one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight, Or they can email us their questions to info at taxavoidanceislegal.com. And we've been talking about, um, you know, the auditing processing uh, process and all of that and how to handle everything. And, Craig, one of the things I uh, left off with was I wanted you to talk about what happens if you don't agree with an audit. Before you go into that, though, we do have a question from Michelle in Buffalo. Um, Michelle says that she was just audited and she got into a, a uh, fight with the examiner. Oh, boy. That's not good. That's yeah. not good. Uh, yeah. It says the examiner didn't even look at her deductions and just closed the audit, disallowing 
um, everything, and she doesn't know what to do now. So this might kind of go into play yeah. with my question. Yeah, what happens very- when you don't agree with, with an audit? Very simply, very simply, you appeal it. So um, part of those uh, Taxpayer Bill of Rights that we were talking about is you have a right to an appeal. So um, I sort of want to... How do you do that exactly? Well, yeah, well, yeah, I sort of want... I want to explain it a little bit and explain... Um, I'll let you know that at the end of most of my argument, at the end of most of my audit, if my big picture hasn't gone through and they've disallowed it, I appeal it and I'll tell you why. So the first step is to get the name of the manager. So you write a letter to the manager basically saying you don't agree with this, 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 or the other, and um, you send it to the manager. And so you have the manager come in and look at it. Now, I'm going to tell you 22 years in this business, I've never seen a manager overturn an auditor. So when the manager says no to that, you have to ask for a formal appeal. And what you do is you write a very lengthy letter along with um, IRC code sections and things like that explaining why um, the auditor is wrong and this, that, and the other. And you send it to the auditor basically stating that you want to go to appeals. Now, you have 30 days to do this, and so you have to be pretty quick about this. So you send it to the auditor, and the auditor forwards it on to appeals. Now, Bell says, let me tell you why I like appeals over the actual audit. Now, appeals is so much better than the audit. So usually I don't. Well, I, I don't want to offend any RAs or ROs that are out there listening, but um, and this is, is sort of in defense of them. Again, they have a hundred cases and they're just trying to move it off their desk, right? So a lot of times they're not going to listen. They just want it off their desk, so they're not going to sure listen. They're quite overloaded. Yes, they're absolutely overloaded. Absolutely. So when you appeal something, number one, you get a fresh look at the case, and number two. Appeals does something called they weigh they don't really look at right and wrong. They look at something they weigh something called the hazards of litigation. Now, what that basically means is would it be cheaper to let the taxpayer you know have this or you know for for the IRS to allow it or would it be cheaper to actually physically go to tax court, which is the next step? So mm-hmm. I so like kind of that. They have to kind yes. of weigh, is it worth fighting this with the Exactly. With this? And what would be the end result if we did fight it? So, yeah. So it, and, and that's what's called weighing the hazards of litigation. Well, I think in Michelle's case, especially since she's already kind of ticked off this uh this uh, auditor, she may want to do that. <laughs> yeah, and I do want to point out, I do want to point out that under the Internal Revenue Code, the auditor and the appeals officer can't talk to each other. So the well, best the appeals, yeah, the best the appeals officer can do is get their notes. So that's mm-hmm. all they can do, but anybody can get the notes after an audit. So, uh, but well, yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah. That's wonderful to know. So now let's say you do uh, go to appeals and you fail at appeals. Is there anything you could do after that? Yeah, you can go to tax court. You can file a petition in tax court and you have um, after the appeal is over, you have a period of 90 days to appeal it to tax court. And is tax court kind of your final step or if nope. you fail at that, is there something else you can do beyond tax court? Yeah, you can. Well, at that point, I can no longer help you after tax court. Then you have to hire a lawyer and you would have to sue 
um, in district court and federal court. And, and in some cases, it can go all the way to the Supreme Court. It's very rare that that happens. But, yeah, so, you know, a lot of times tax court is usually it for my clients because it usually costs more money to fight it than what they're actually asking for in taxes. So I know clients will weigh that sometimes. Um, but I've, but I've had clients that are just, you know, this is sort of the principle of it. So, um, but yeah, it's district court and then maybe even, um, the Supreme Court depends. Well, we're getting kind of short on time. So I want to squeeze in, uh, see if we can squeeze in another, uh, question or two. Um, this yeah, absolutely. Is a, this is a kind of a cute one here. Samantha in St. Louis wants to know if you've won any audits. <laughs> What does that mean? What does that mean? Um, I, I don't, I don't know what winning an audit actually means. I guess, um, a no change audit. If, you know, like I said, I've, I've done probably about a thousand, um, audits in my career and I'd say twice I've had a no change and those were, uh, technicalities. But I guess winning the audit, um, to me would be winning the bigger issue. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes I do win them and sometimes, um, you have to understand there's really no basis for the argument. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I guess. Winning the bigger issue, and usually the client is happy when you've won the bigger issue, especially okay. when you've explained it to them. You know, I, I mean, honestly, I, I think it's a little, maybe a little harder for you to to gloat on this subject because we're talking about you here. But I mean, from where I'm standing, I I've rarely seen an outcome of an audit that you've participated in where where a client has been disappointed. I think that most uh, clients appreciate your approach and and what you're able to do for them. So I'd yeah, say and, to Samantha, he's uh, he's amazing. Samantha, he does a great job every time. He's always well, uh, yeah, well, he, to, to, uh, you probably wouldn't wouldn't admit it, but I think that uh, you're very dedicated to the clients and you always uh, do your your very best to protect their rights and um, and do go to yeah, bat for them. And I will say, I do want to point out a lot of times, and we're going to go talking a lot about this next week because we're talking about, you know, when you owe the IRS money. But a lot of representatives, I'll promise, unicorn, sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows going into an audit, you know. And I've always, um, I'm always honest with the client, Belsis. You've seen it before. And, you know, Belsis will always be like, wow, you really scared that person. And I'm not trying to scare them. I just want to tell them. Them what the absolute worst case scenario is. So I know we're running out of time. So no, yeah, we are. But uh, one quick, 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 quick last question. Gregory in Orlando wants to know what you thought of the book's first round draft pick. <laughs> Gregory in Orlando wants to know what I thought about the Bucks first round draft pick. Well, we traded to get him and, uh, it's Vernon Hargraves the third. So he comes from the University of Florida and we all know I'm a hurricane fan. So I have to learn to like him. So anyway, it's kind of well, a good story. He's a Tampa kid, right? So he's from Tampa. He gets drafted by the Bucks. So it's kind of a huge deal. And the Bucks best corner by the end of the season was Sterling Moore. So that tells you what we need. We need a corner so badly. So mm-hmm. Hargraves think- would likely, yeah, he would have likely been the number nine pick. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Bucks had to trade down. So anyway, wow. we're going to wrap you- up here because I could talk all day about this. And you we're could. Gonna, you so could I'm your- sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Let's wrap up. Well, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Tune in next week uh, when we have a what are we talking about next week, Craig? We are talking about what you should know about IRS liens. Oh, wonderful. Thank you guys for uh, listening in. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you.